Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whiskey, How's it going? Whiskey Wednesday, Wines Day, Hump Day, uh, whatever else you might be celebrating. I'm good. I'm good, thanks. I'm glad you mentioned whiskey because uh, we're <laughs> going to talk about the vaccine certifications, and when we do, everyone, you're going to need a drink. But <laughs> and and there's also whiskey in the news because I want to talk about the new Fireball keg. Nobody needs a keg of Fireball. Let me just tell you that right fucking now. Yeah, a keg of Fireball whiskey. Have you got the details in front of you? I do. You want me to do this now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sure. So Fireball has introduced an entire keg that you can purchase for your next party function, basically wherever you want people to pass out hard at. Um, and it's 115 shots and it has three spouts on the keg. Like it's a whole 360 keg because you never know when you need access to that immediately. In case someone else is using a spout, you might want to use a spout. Very important. Um, it sells for about, I don't know, 90 bucks Canadian at this point, honestly, only available in the U.S., but if you either are listening from the States or you tend to travel there, pick one of these up because they are limited edition and they are suggesting, this is great. First of all, the VP of marketing at Fireball, in case you're wondering what their kind of, um, what their thought was on where this would be used, like just an average party, like who drinks that much Fireball whiskey that you need this out constantly? Every university campus in yes. the world. Well, and it seems like they're definitely skewing to a certain audience. They suggest to bring it to tailgating parties. Um, yeah, I don't know that we need people that drunk before no, a football dude, game. Dude, it's bad. In, don't send Whatever you do, don't drink that shit in Buffalo. I've seen enough from you. I've seen enough from you people over in Buffalo. But um, every, I believe they're called the Bills Mafia, the, if you don't mind. I know. You disrespectful I'm afraid, bitch. Scott, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm afraid to say any type of mafia, all right? I'm not saying shit. Hey, not, there is no mafia. What that's are you talking about? Myth, that's a rumor. Nice, we don't talk about the M word. Business people. Thank um, you. Yeah, so... They uh, every football stadium saying shut the fuck up. First of all, fireball, you shut up. Don't bring this here. Uh, but if you want to see details, our website is scottandcat.ca. You can check it out there. There's also a real great collection of all of the different tributes that are coming in to the late Norm McDonald. Ugh. Hi, I'm Norm McDonald, and this is the news. <laughs> in his book, O.J. Simpson says that he would have taken a bullet or stood in front of a train for Nicole. Man, I'm going to tell you, that is some bad luck when the one guy who would have died for you kills you. That's probably... <laughs> Oprah Winfrey's longtime boyfriend, Stedman Graham, has written a new book called You Can Make It Happen, A Nine-Step Plan for Success. Step number one, become Oprah Winfrey's boyfriend. <laughs> Last week in Cleveland, the rock group Crosby, Stills, and Nash was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In addition, a special Lifetime Achievement Award was presented to David Crosby's liver. (laughs) Okay, folks, that's the news. Have a good thing. I love Norm, and it's amazing because sometimes it takes for someone to pass away for people to really express how they feel about someone. Norm's one of those guys who I have seen live. I watched him religiously when he was on Saturday Night Live his stand-up specials, I've seen them all. A lot of people didn't even realize that he is Canadian, mm-hmm. and he was a comedic genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he delivered a joke 
was just second to none. Nobody else can do that deadpan, dry delivery like Norm MacDonald. We're going to drop in some Norm MacDonald, I think, at various parts of this podcast. So you can hear just how fucking good this guy was. And, and when you look at some of the biggest names in comedy, they are all now saying that they got inspiration from Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Or Norm was a guy that made them laugh. Mm-hmm. Is Adam Sandler still the highest paid comedian in the world? I, I, He's up. He was he, at one point. He is up there. Um, Kevin Hart also really, really got up the list, shot up the list real fast more recently. When it comes to stand-up, though, I think Adam Sandler could definitely be, uh, be the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, he was one of them who worked with Norm a lot. Uh, David Spade posted a real nice picture yesterday. I don't think a lot of David Spade, but I will say that the picture he posted, it was the last show he did with Norm. It was him, Norm MacDonald, and Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller's another one who's absolutely brilliant. Uh, It's a tragedy to lose Norm like that. Rest in peace. Uh, Imagine that, eh? I'm really kind of torn on how I feel about it. Norm was battling cancer for 10 years, and he kept it private. And cancer's a big battle to have alone. But he mm-hmm. wanted it that way because he didn't want his fans to think differently of him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we heard, to, to me, it was reminiscent, just because it happened recently, of when we lost Chadwick Boseman. And we learned that he had had to struggle for a few years. Um, not as long as nine, but I believe it was four, something like that. Don't quote me on it. But he also wanted to keep it quiet for those reasons. And you know what? Good, Great. And to each their own. You know, if you don't want to be out there with it, um, some people are very detailed in their battle with cancer. They will tell you when they're going to their treatment, how the treatment worked, what the doctor said right after the fact. They will allow you to follow them on social media to see the progress. Others want to be private about it. And it's your own life. Absolutely. You do what you want to do. And I see where he's going, where he went with this, I should say, because you do tend to look at someone differently, right? You're like, oh my gosh, are we going to lose you? Oh my gosh, are you back? Are you okay? Oh, you're going to do that show? You're going to, you know, talk to Conan tonight? <gasps> you should be resting. You know, you don't want any of that shit to happen, regardless of what you're struggling with. Some people prefer it to be private so that you don't uh, tend to either make judgments, look at them differently. And in this case with Norm, it was even friends of his, friends of his, whether in the industry or outside of it, did not know there were a very there was a small circle uh, basically that knew that that he needed as well right to help him out in certain it was good to have people to talk to about it he didn't want it to be public uh, knowledge and I I get it and I respect it yeah I do too it's it's uh, it's one of those things where some of my closest friends you know I'll joke around with them we shit on each other I mean that as a joke like metaphorically um, you know raz each other I guess is a better way to put it. Um, and we have that kind of a, an interaction. doesn't matter how long it's been since I saw them. Your best friends are your best friends. Now, if one of them were battling cancer, it turns from that fun, fun, bro, bro stuff to how you doing? Are you okay? Do you need yeah, anything? Right, right. And I think that that's what Norm was trying to avoid. And mm-hmm. some people want that and they want to know the concern is there. Other people don't want that. And, uh, I, I respect it. I do. Norm, you are one of the greats, my friend. We are going to miss you greatly. And uh, the fact that this went right up to the premier, the the prime minister tweeted about it. I mean, he had a big impact on a lot of people. So randomly throughout this podcast, you're going to hear a couple of different really great classic clips from Norm McDonald's career. What's the movie going to be called? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? (laughs) If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. (laughs) 
title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh, all right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. Let's go to the vaccine passports because this is one of those things that we've been saying for months. It's going to happen. And I don't think the premier, Doug Ford, believed us when we said it would, but he should have because it did come true. He had to backtrack and and he trotted out there and announced the passports. And when it was time to unveil the details yesterday, he was AWOL again. Fuck you, Doug! So the health minister, Christine Elliott, and deputy premier came out and announced some details. And in a nutshell, the way these vaccine certificates are going to work is it's got some people concerned. So businesses and patrons could be fined for not following the new vaccination requirements that kick in next Wednesday, September 22nd. All right. So much like when they first did uh, the tracking, you have to keep track of this. That's right. You will initially have to show your paper receipt, or if you've already downloaded the receipt to your phone, you can show that digital receipt as well, along with a form of government-issued ID. You'll need that to get into sporting events, theaters, gyms, indoor dining, and many, many other locations. Here's the thing. Businesses are going to have to ensure that the name and date of birth and all that other relevant information on the ID matches perfectly the information on the VAX receipt. But some people can get an exemption. You can get an exemption by going to your doctor and asking them to write you a note. And we all know that's not a foolproof system either. It's amazing how many people can convince their doctor to write notes for stupid fucking reasons. So I will not be at all surprised if there are a number of exemptions coming up here. And the health minister acknowledged yesterday, yeah, there could be fraud, but she expects those cases will be rare. So before I play some audio for you from the health minister yesterday, it really kind of seems like Doug didn't want the vaccine certifications. But he had to do it because that's what everyone was telling him he had to do. So he did put them in, but he's going to make them basically the Swiss cheese of vaccination certificates in that there's holes all through this plan. There's a lot of ways to get around it if you really want to, I don't know, go to your your nephew's baptism. Okay, yeah, you can probably go if you can produce a note. Not hard to do. You want to doctor one of those uh, vaccination receipts? Again, not hard to do. Yeah, so what's the deal there? Well, we have to use this paper system or the downloaded digital version, which is not secure at all. It never was. It never will be. It's not secure. You use that until October the 22nd. On October the 22nd, then if you want, you can download this QR code. And again, it's just going to be saved like in the photos section of your iPhone or of your, your galaxy. It's not an app that we use that's secure. That has all it in everything in there. You just download your, your QR code. And then when you go to a restaurant or a theater or most businesses, they're going to have an app that can read your barcode or your QR code. 
And they say nothing in that app is going to transmit data back to the province. I find that very hard to believe, but we'll see. What do businesses think about this? Uh, They say they have some concerns about the plan to require proof of COVID vaccination for non-essential settings. Dan Kelly from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business says small firms are responsible for too much of the enforcement here. Dan Kelly says he expects the rules to be loosely enforced because businesses don't have the capacity to take on all this extra work. The Ontario Chamber of Commerce says businesses want protection from lawsuits, more resources to hire staff and expanded capacity limits if we're going to go down this road. The thing is, I don't know that we can trust this system. There's also nothing in this system that requires the staff who are checking your credentials to be vaccinated themselves. Imagine that. you got to show your proof of vaccination to get into an indoor dining facility. You're, you're sitting at a restaurant at your table, and once you're seated, you can take your mask off. But the waiter or waitress doesn't necessarily have to be vaccinated. Right, right. And people have an issue with that. I personally, I'm really torn on this because I don't want to see anybody lose their job for making a decision for their own health. I really don't want to see anyone lose their job. But on the other hand, I also don't know how they can say everyone in here has to be vaccinated. Except the people who are here for 8 to 14 hours at a time working. I know it's this. We knew this would happen, though, right? I mean, you you talked about it earlier. We knew this would happen. We knew with this certificate there would be other questions and other things brought up and exemptions and what does that actually mean and how do people know in the moment that these people are really exempt how do you prove that what is wrong let me ask you though it seems like ours is really flaky ours our i don't even want to call it a system scott i don't even want to call that a system it's not i hear what they're doing in bc which mind you just started on monday officially with the apps through the government reading the QR codes has been working really well. Yeah. Why aren't we having, why don't we have one of those? What is going on? Cause I feel like you're right. Uh, the, the concern is out there and it's absolutely correct that people can doctor these, these papers. That's all they are is a piece of paper who right. working at Krabby Joe's and <laughs> Guelph is going to check a, that to make sure that it doesn't look doctored. They don't have time. Nobody has time for that shit. So they also to- don't care. You're but, paying yes. customer. You're going to come into this care. restaurant and drop 250 bucks and order a bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah, okay. Check, check. Fine, fine. Let's go. So Restaurants let in minors serve them booze because they can make money. Not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. We all know that there's some businesses who don't give a fuck. Yeah. And, and the only way they're going to get caught is if they get ratted out or if bylaw or the police happen to be there and happen to check on top of that. Yeah. And, and I mean, and if they're saying that if this is what's going on, they're telling me they don't really care. They're telling me this is just something that they can put into place for people who are complaining about how we have nothing in place yet for a certificate program across the province. This is their way to put it in place. But it's not it's not a thing like to me. This is nothing uh, that you can like tangible. This is really flaky. And it's strange that we have province, the province that carries the most people in the entire country. This is what we've come up with. I don't know. To me, B.C. seems really secure hearing good things there. I know other provinces are set to roll out their own versions of it. Fine. But what the fuck? I don't get it. I don't like it. My daughter uh, goes to school and works in B.C. And I was just talking to her yesterday after the announcement came down here in Ontario because I wanted to ask her a little bit about the B.C. system. And I don't see many obvious flaws with it. We all know that where there's a will, there's a way. 
If you really want to get around the system, no matter how secure it is, you probably could. But what we're doing is not even trying to prevent fraud. I don't have any more peace of mind. I don't know that I was necessarily even looking for peace of mind. But if this is supposed to comfort people into thinking that when you go into a gym or a restaurant, everyone around you is fully vaccinated for at least 14 days. I don't know that you can confidently say that with the current system. And like I said, it's probably not going to be a widespread thing, but there will be examples. Hey, if I don't want to get vaxxed, I am fully vaxxed, by the way. But if I were uh, unvaxxed, but I met a girl on Tinder and she was like, hey, let's go out for dinner. Yeah, I would probably take the 15 minutes it would take me on Photoshop to create a vaccine receipt. You just take somebody else's or any of the stock images that are online, change the name and you're good. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Yeah. Or change the date of birth, too, because it's got to match your driver's license. I mean, this is just ripe with opportunity to give people a false sense of security. So let's hear a little bit of yesterday, the questioning from the media to the deputy premier. I'm Matthew Bingley with Global News. Please go ahead. I'm Matthew. Hi, Minister. I, I'm just wondering, when it comes to the medical exemption notice, uh, on the technical briefing we heard that there was a sample that was going to be sent out to uh, doctors if they choose to use it, but it's not being required. I'm just wondering why that decision was made to not have a simple form to actually make sure that there is no fraud when it comes to these uh, notes being written. Um, I'm going to refer that to Dr. Moore. Thank you. She didn't want to touch that fucking question with a 10-foot pole. This wasn't her idea. (laughs) I love the referring. Thank you very much for that question. So um, very pleased that the registrar for the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario has come out with guidance uh, on medical exemptions uh, for COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, The registrar has identified two and has communicated that to all physicians in Ontario. Uh, The first being a severe uh, allergic reaction to any of the components confirmed by an allergist. Uh, The second being uh, inflammation to the heart, the heart, um, the the sac around the heart called myocarditis or pericarditis. Uh, Those are the two major medical exemptions that have been identified to date. Uh, There may be a third category associated with an adverse event following immunization um, for specific neurologic uh, or other ongoing symptoms. But those would be investigated by specialists. So very, very few exemptions uh, that are listed, and the, and the registrar has defined that you must put um, the exact uh, reason for medical exemption as well as the duration that that medical exemption uh, should be in place, uh, as well as identify yourself and your college uh, uh, identification. So there are forms that will standardize this for nurse practitioners as well as physicians, and a standardized exemption format. Um, If there is abuse of this uh, by physicians or uh, nurses of the extended class, uh, there may be professional um, um, discipline for them. Uh, And if there's fraud, there is a process through uh, the reopening of Ontario Act enforcement uh, that can deal with the fraud aspect. Once again, threatening the healthcare workers. (laughs) Fuck. I... We needed to do something. Okay, fine. We've done something. It's not much. It doesn't seem secure. I don't know that you should have any more peace of mind than you had yesterday or have today. But there's now something in place. Now Ford can say, you wanted your vaccine certificates. Here you fucking go. Right. Okay. Exactly. But I mean, you know. Yep. If I ask for jewelry 
for Christmas? I mean, you can go and get me some nice jewelry. Or you can go to Walmart and that little display case there where everything's $15. That's kind of what we got is the $15 display case shit. Yeah. Nothing good. Yeah. See, this and- isn't exactly the Cadillac of vaccine certificates. In no. America, they get an actual card like right. our driver's licenses. It's it, it, it's exactly what you said. That's that's what I when I heard it and I thought, what? Wait a minute. So we're not getting I totally expected and pff, my bad. I at this point, knowing what we've known for the last 18, 19, 20 months now, why would I assume that we would have something pretty solid in place? This is a way to say we did something, but they don't really want to. Like, I don't believe they want to do this. And I think that they're so worried about any backlash if they do decide to do a government based app where you have to check QR codes or any other means to do it. They're too afraid to do it for whatever reason. So this is a way to do something without really having to feel like you're controlling people or have people feel like you're controlling them. Let's dip one more time into this news conference from yesterday. Go ahead. Hi, following up again about the medical exemptions for the policy. Um, We just know that, you know, businesses aren't being asked to validate the medical exemptions. It's already raising a lot of questions here today about the loopholes this creates and fraud possibilities. Um, and I know that BC isn't allowing medical exemptions at all in its proof of vaccination policy. So, Mr. Elliott, could you explain why Ontario is allowing for medical exemptions to the policy when these services aren't essential? Well, we know that there are some people that aren't able to receive the vaccine. We don't want them to be turned away from establishments if they haven't been vaccinated. So this gives them the opportunity to uh, be, to be able to enter. There will be that short interim period from September 22nd when the policy comes into place until October 22nd when the QR codes become available, where there may be some situations where people don't have valid uh, uh, medical exemptions. However, we expect that they will be few and far between. But once the QR code comes into place as of October 22nd, as Minister Rashid has said, that they will be um, updated using the COVAX system. And then we will know uh, whether it's a medical exemption uh, that qualifies or not. Follow up. Oh yeah, sorry, I was muted. Um, apologies for that. No, I just. Um, By the way, it's been, nine, it's been nineteen <laughs> fucking months. Can you please figure out Zoom? God <laughs> damn it! Everyone's muted all the time. Fuck. These journalists that we turn to for news and information still can't remember to unmute themselves. <laughs> Fuck. I don't think that totally addresses the loophole question because we know that um, people don't have to download the QR code. But I have another question about enforcement. I'm just wondering what's being planned for the first days of this policy in terms of um, law enforcement, bylaw, police. Like, are um, our police forces assigning people specifically to deal with enforcement issues as they come up? Will there be more officers on the streets or, or near these businesses or even in the businesses when this happens? I'm just wondering about the enforcement planning that's going on right now and what guidance is being given to those um, law enforcement bodies? Well, we are working very closely with the uh, Solicitor General, and the Solicitor General has uh, been in contact with uh, uh, police forces across the province. Just Then why wasn't she there? Where the fuck is Sylvia Jones? Why wasn't she there to answer that question? But anyway. To advise that there may be situations that will arise that may require their assistance, but as for how those police forces will be dealing with it, that will be up to each individual police force to make that determination themselves and to ready themselves accordingly. 
Yeah, I mean, what could go wrong? Remember the last time this government and that Solicitor General, Sylvia Jones, got involved with the police? When they said police were going to randomly pull people over to ask them why they aren't in their fucking house? And all the police forces said, (laughs) no fucking way, we're not doing that. Kind of seems like we're going down that road again here, aren't we? Yeah, similar. Yep. Jeez. Kat, I, uh, you know, I was thinking we had turned the corner. I thought for sure something good is going to happen here. We can make a little bit of progress because we were told that if we do this and if we all get vaccinated, we can get back to normal. Then they move the goalpost and they keep changing the threshold for how many people need to be vaccinated. Now they brought in the vaccine passport and that's supposed to be the last kick at the can. This is the closest we're going to get to back to normal until the pandemic is gone. But there was nothing in there that said, Oh, yeah, if you go into a gym and everybody is fully vaccinated because you've got your vaccine certificate, you don't have to wear a mask. No, everybody in there is fully vaccinated. Where is that guidance? When is that coming? Isn't this supposed to get us closer to back to normal? I'm afraid. I don't even know if I want to see that guidance. I'm not ready for it. I don't know. Seriously. It's disappointing. It was it was disappointing, actually. I was, I was hoping for a little bit more, honestly. And I know there's Me some too. people maybe listening that say, like, good. It's good, like stupid. Fuck it. Like I don't know how many people are going to go out of their way to actually fake it. I'm. There's going to be a few, but I mean, there's going to be a few in a big bunch, you know, that will attempt to flub things because they want to go to concerts and, and restaurants that that do require it. But uh, it, then Ontario government put that on themselves. They certainly did. Well, this coming Monday is Oscar night, and three films: The English Patient, Secrets and Lies, and Shine are locked in a tight race in the category best picture there's not a chance in hell I will ever see. Uh, Quickly, a couple of headlines and then we're going to wrap it up because I don't want to go too long again today. Taco Bell is trying something new and I don't know if this is serious or this is just to get attention, but they've launched a, or they're testing, a taco subscription service. It'll get you a free taco every day. The Taco Lover's Pass. So here's how it works. You download the Taco Bell app and you sign up for a subscription. It costs between $5 and $10 a month, depending on the location. Then you can redeem one free taco every day of the month. And that can be a crunchy taco, spicy, soft taco, uh, crunch supreme taco, a soft supreme taco, Doritos Locos Tacos, or Doritos Locos Taco Supreme. All right. So first of all, nobody needs a taco a day nobody should be eating a taco a day. But... I'd like to eat a taco every day. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, okay, sorry. You know what I mean. So, uh, how much was this a month? Uh, between 5 and $10, which is actually pretty good when you consider yeah. they charge like a buck fifty a taco. Yeah, because if you are going to get a taco a day, you get your money's worth, you'll do it. It's also, I mean, anytime you have a ser- service like this where you're showing up for your... In this case, it's not free, but let's say you have a coupon for a free, you know, Slurpee at 7-Eleven. All of those kinds of promotions are always smart for the company because even if half the time the person shows up and takes their free taco or sorry, paid for subscription taco and leaves, fine. They paid for the taco technically. However, every now and again, and I'd probably put a 50-50 on it if I had to guess, you're going to get people going, oh, fuck, I need a drink. I might as well get it here. Ah, those 
fries look good or taco supreme nachos or whatever the fuck they have there. I don't know. That looks good, too. So I'm going to add that. So they're going to pay for that while they're there getting their free taco anyway. So they end up making money and getting people through the door of a fast food joint or of any place. But getting people through the door is one step closer to making money. So if you can have a subscription, ah, that's fun and awesome. I'm going to go for my taco. They're going to end up going for a little bit more. And they're going to make more money off of this than they will lose it. For anyone thinking that they might lose money on it, I don't think so. I think it's kind of smart. Uh, one quick question. It's a personality question, if you will. Are you a hard taco or soft taco person? Um, if I'm doing tacos, I'm doing soft. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I like yeah. the soft taco a lot better. Uh, we've done so many fucking drunk driving stories over the years, but this one might take the cake, Cat, Southern Indiana. A man decided to go for a drive, and he was fucking hammered, Cat. He was loaded. He crossed the center median and crashed into another vehicle. Now, fortunately, nobody got hurt here, but his vehicle really, really banged up. So he called his wife. Hey, need you to come pick me up here. I just crashed my car and I'm a little drunk, to be honest with you. So hurry up. Wife shows up. As she was approaching the scene, She crashed into his car, which had already been in a crash. Shut up. And on top of that, she was just as drunk as he was. Wow. I mean, the award for what a stupid fucking move that is goes to. Wow. Yeah, she blew a, sorry, he blew a .28. She blew a .22. In and around, average it out. They were three times the legal limit. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I'm just trying to think, what did, What was this chick thinking? Like, you get a call from your husband, what a douchebag, driving drunk, hit somebody. Thankfully, nobody's hurt, like you mentioned. That's great. Hey, I got arrested. Uh, can you come, or whatever, I got charged, whatever, come to the scene. I'm hammered, too, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll go get, I'll go get you. What could possibly go wrong when I'm driving towards police officers? You're this is the thing. fucking idiot. You know who's usually at the scene of an accident? The police. That's the last fucking place you should drive to drunk. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. You know what, though, with the cops? If I were the cops, I would have said, "Ah, you know what? Everything's cool here. Go ahead and call somebody to pick you two up just to see if the next person who came to pick them up would be drunk, too. Was the whole fucking state drunk? What's going on? Actually, it's Indiana. It's highly possible that the whole state was drunk. Last but certainly not least... Have you ever been in a fight? I mean, an actual, honest to God, let's throw some hands, mix it up, fight. Yeah, I've never been in an actual physical fight. I mean, growing up with my sister, we got into like little spats, but it was it never got really, truly physical. So I've got to say, no, no, I haven't. I once got in a fight and it was either the seventh or eighth grade as I was elementary school. And it was stupid, right? I mean, it was, I think I kicked the ball and it went up on the roof and somebody was all pissed off because there was still six minutes left at recess. So it created this big fucking thing and he wanted to fight. And I remember it pretty vividly, the actual encounter, because he wanted to go and I was like, all right, fine, come at me. And this guy ran at me and it was like he was going to try and body check me over, but I was so fucking fat back then that this guy... 
bounced off me and fell right backwards. And the thud he made when he fell on the ground was legendary. I think that was the closest I've ever come to a fight. Wow, I didn't even have smart. to throw a punch. Wow. Okay. But you could st- you still had like, you could tell people that you were in a fight without could, really yeah. having gone through it. Right. But all it was, was just pure, unadulterated overeating. That was the only reason that it went down that way. And he never bothered me again. I don't even think he realizes I didn't punch him. He, I was just fat. He just bounced off me. But yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I won. I, I don't know what the criteria is to say you won a fight, but I think I won. But they asked Americans. 7,000 of them took this online poll. Over a third have been in a fight before. 36% said, yeah, I've been in a fight. Including 23% of women and half of men. I don't have a hard time believing that half of men have been in a fight. I do find it hard to believe that almost a quarter of women have thrown down. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, man. Do you remember high school? There were fights all the time. And sometimes you were lucky enough to be in the spot where it happened. It happened at the calf today. And then just figures. You weren't there at the calf that day that it happened. Or it happened in the smoker's pit. And you're like, damn, I I don't go to the smoker's pit. So I didn't see that shit go down. You always wanted to be there. And I remember I've seen, I've seen dozens. I've seen dozens. I always managed to steer clear of them. And it was never really my close friends involved in them. It was always kind of like acquaintances, but we all kind of, we knew it was coming. Like, is this chick's, you know, whatever boyfriend hit on this girl or what for whatever reason there was always this fight about stupid it's always stupid shit because it was high school but I remember it and I'll tell you what else I remember is before I went to high school in grade eight we were told by the people in high school visitors that were now in grade nine that came to like see us because sometimes they would come to see us on their spare and we'd be like oh you guys are so fucking cool you have a spare like that's amazing what does that even mean Right. So they would and I'll come. bet you talked just like that. in the eighth Probably. Grade. So then and I remember clearly a girl named Sonia, a, a great ahead of me was there and she's like, you guys better be prepared to fight. Right. Like because you never know. Bitches be swinging. Like, you got to You got to <laughs> you got to be ready because you like, you know, like you're going to come into situations and shit's going to go down and at dances and shit. I'm like, oh, no, I got to get ready. Like, what? Someone's going to fight me? Like, and in my mind, I thought, okay, I I better get myself in my best, like, shape and get ready. (laughs) 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 I seriously remember, like, it was yesterday, us, like, practicing. Okay, here's what's going to happen. So you got to go in confident. And I was, like, I was probably was a little scary to some people because I'm like, let's go. Let's fucking go. And I scared people enough where I never had to swing, even in a pretend environment. But I remember, like, it was yesterday. And, and can I tell you, I got into no fights. Like, it, there was a completely peaceful. There was nothing, nothing went down at all that would have needed, that would have encouraged me to, to do what I did on the field in grade eight as a practice. Never happened. Those, uh, those warnings that you get, about high school are seriously traumatizing. I remember when I was in those intermediate grades getting ready for high school and I thought, holy shit, I'm going to have to shave my head because everybody had warned me that the grade nines get swirlies in that some seniors going to stick your head in the toilet and flush. So I thought, well, if I don't have hair, they can't fucking give me a swirly. Great. I was actually going to shave my head until my mom said, get the Put the fucking scissors away. You're not shaving your head. That's wow. stupid. And that doesn't actually happen. You're fine. Oh, wow. It's nuts. Uh, younger people are less likely to say they've been in a fight, contrary to what you probably see on Instagram and TikTok. 
Less than a quarter of adults under 25 say they've been in a fight. The age group, age group that's been in the most fights, people from their late 30s to mid 40s, almost half have been in a fight. Wow. That's me. So that's that's you. me. Have you been in an adult an adult, an, an over, th- I won't make you pinpoint exactly when, but in an over 30 fight before physical? Uh, once when I was in Vegas with our old boss, somebody bumped us and spilled some drinks. And I thought, all right, well, it's going to go down right here in Vegas. And he grabbed me and said, let's get the fuck out of here. Cause it turns out those guys were just looking to pick a fight with somebody. Yeah. So he saved me from getting into a fight, but, uh, I think I was ready at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also drank like half a bottle of vodka, <laughs> Alcohol's always in the backstory. Like always. always. Wow. So I'm just wondering if you had to take a stab at the reasoning, is it in that survey, the reason for the fight? Because I'm always curious why why people decide to make it physical. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why people want to do that either. Uh let me break it down. I mean, the first question is, have you been in a fight? Yes or no? Or not sure. I don't know how you can be not sure. But and, and have you been in a fight more than once? Twenty-three percent have been in a fight more than once, but it does not specifically break down the reasons right, why. Right, because they would be different. When you're younger, you fight over stupid shit. Mind you, I mean, I know grown-ass adults, and I'm talking 30-plus, maybe into their 40s, who have physically fought over relationships, same as they would have fought over relationships when they were like 16, 17, 18 years old. So maybe it depends on the person. But you'd imagine the fights would, the reasons for the fights would kind of shift a little bit. I'm just trying to think why... Grown-ass people, I could imagine, like, road rage and people get out of the car. That shit happens. Fights at clubs and restaurants and bars, alcohol-infused. That would happen as you're older. Family fights, maybe, would come into play a little bit more. Added frustration through the years with people, right? Like, all these reasons, if I had to guess. But, wow, that is crazy that it's actually, like, middle-aged, basically, people that are physically fighting each other more than anyone else. Oh. I didn't really want to think of myself as middle-aged, oh, but sorry, all right, well, fine, since you went there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this edition of After 9, guys. We will be back with another episode tomorrow, and then on Friday, Dave Lazar joins us, as he does every Friday. Today, we will leave you with more sounds of the great Norm MacDonald. Let's just start with Famous Roberts for 400. And the answer is, this was John F. Kennedy's younger brother. <laughs> Marlon Brando. What? What is Teddy? No. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I'll tell you something, Alex. I, I think he's right. <laughs> no, he's not right. Remember the category famous Roberts in the Kennedy family. Who is Robert Blake? <laughs> this is the sound a doggy makes. Burt Reynolds. Who is um, Scooby-Doo? No. That was a funny dog, Scooby-Doo. He drove around a van and uh, solved mysteries. That is incorrect. No, that's correct. (laughs) I remember. You had a pal, Scrappy-Doo. No. You know, why don't we just move on to Final Jeopardy? The answer is, this December 25th holiday involves decorating a tree and opening presents. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, when's my birthday? Is your birthday on December 25th, Mr. Reynolds? No, July 7th. Actually, I have your bio here. It's February 11th. Hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this.
Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Great. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.